Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noizera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I've titled this episode, Lawlessness on the Loose, Medical Tyranny, and the Internet of Thoughts. That's right. We're living in incredibly strange times. Not only are they difficult, but they're strange. They're weird. That's for sure. We're going to be getting into things like the Notre Dame fire, uh, Hillary Clinton, Julian Assange, Donald Trump, Eric Swallowswell, Swalwell, and more. The immigration crisis on the border, my trip down there, uh, other big-name people like Bernie Sanders, and more. The vaccination agenda that's going on, as well as our holographic nature to reality. What's going on? Are we living in a simulation? What's happening? I don't know. But before we actually do, a few quick updates for you guys. Uh, this weekend, we will be live streaming and archiving the uh, New Mexico Mindfulness Conference of 2019. We're going to be hanging out with some of the local leaders covering some uh, pretty amazing topics. Uh, and I'm, I'm actually very honored uh, to be there and to be able to do these types of things. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, part three of four with Adam Nix and JC Abbott of the Wayfinder podcast is available. I've also made the living article. I'll put that in the link below that link for that in the description bar below. So you can go check it out as well as the powerful episode, the powerful fellowship and freedom episode we did with Rob of truth and vibration. Uh, we're putting out all kinds of content because you guys want it. That's for sure. We're putting out all this work, not only because you guys want it, but because you deserve it. And because of the time frame that we're in, uh, massive changes are happening across the board and that's why it's imperative that we do what's required so that you guys get that information as I say all the time we diversify the information because you deserve it and with that being said let's start the show salutations my friends and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom I'm your host Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And yeah, that's right. We have a lot of things going on this week. We're doing a lot of different work with a lot of different people. Seems like every other week it's a different type of leveling up. A lot of the seasons up until now, you know, we've done a, we've done a lot of leveling up as far as the infrastructure, platforms, growth and stuff like that. Now it just seems like the content and the stuff that we're doing. Oosh, man, it's, it's reaching a whole nother level. Uh, and, and that is powerful. Real, real powerful. We're going, be, we're, we're going to be getting into stuff like the uh, the Notre Dame Cathedral Fire, uh, Bernie Sanders, the vaccine agenda. Uh, we're going to continue a little bit more about this simulation hypothesis. There's a few more things I'd like to talk about. Uh, Andrew Yang, the Democratic presidential candidate, uh, talking about freedom dividends, which is essentially code words for universal basic income. We have a lot of different things going on uh, in our world, in our time frame, in the political spectrum, in the spiritual world or the spiritual world of spiritual warfare, things of this nature, and so much more. Wow. Where are we going? Does anybody ever think about uh, sitting back and asking that question? Like, where are we going? What is going on? How did we get here? You know, I hopped up over there on, uh, I hopped up on Instagram Live earlier this day, earlier today, uh, the, day, the day that we're rec recording, and I spoke about the intellectual academic dark age that we find ourselves in. And, I, and I, I keep alluding to this because I truly feel like this is something else I need to speak on and quantify for the time frame that we're in, but how information's being censored. They're doing book burning. They're having ridiculous inquisitions. 
uh, like the Spanish Inquisitions, you know, like this is a thousand questions or this is the Russian Inquisition where everybody's a Russian agent. You see, it's, it, it, it's crazy, truly, where we find ourselves. But I didn't speak about so much the political aspect, but the the the, the academic, the educational, the informational uh, p- uh, perspective. The real brain drain, how they're siphoning information from the masses for a select few. Uh, they tell you all the time that you can learn anything on the internet these days. Well, how does that, if you can learn anything, then why is everything being censored? You can't learn everything on the internet these days. There may have been a time where we could have. Now we can't. The same way that college held its uh, status, its importance, its gravitas over time. And it's gradually lost it because of things, the advent of things like the internet. Now we're moving forward into, and we'll, we'll, we'll probably talk about this in the last segment, more so, uh, you know, the hive mind, the collective consciousness, uh, the so-called Internet of Thoughts, the Matrix, all of this crazy stuff. W- what I'm trying to say is information, education, wisdom, knowledge, all of these things are beginning to lose their, their, their importance, their gravitas, their weight, uh, because of just that, how we're moving into this dark age, how information's being uh, only given to a select few. And I truly do believe like that is dangerous. I really do. I think that clearly, clearly I'm a nerd. Clearly I'm somebody that's uh, not information addicted, but I want to know things. And I think it's imperative. I'm curious. I think it's imperative that people understand that that's the, that's the, that's normal for humans to be curious about things. It should be normal for us to, to, to want to know about the nature of reality and our existence thereof. To only to, to believe everything you're told is dangerous. But, you know, I, who am I to make these kinds of statements? Who am I to say any of these types of things? You know, uh, last week I was worried because, you know, we were having all kinds of audio problems. Clearly we didn't. I didn't spend hours working to get the audio together. Uh, things are working uh, but because they are working this also indicates that we have to grow there's more work that has to take place as far as the operation our delivery here forth and so on uh, you may have heard us where we talk about taking on the leadership role and 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 on the wake up radio we have a lot of things lined up for you guys and it's clearly because of your guys attention your continued support uh, the sharing of the episodes the podcast the articles, the website, and I would only encourage you guys to do it more so. Uh, what we're going to be doing over here in the future is kind of trying to get off of social media, mainstream social media. Uh, we should be having more guests on from the United for Common Ground Summit, uh, but there's, 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 there's really a lot of stuff on our plate. Uh, and as you guys hear me firing all this stuff out, I suppose what I'm really trying to say is this is, this is your life as much as it is mine. We need more players in the field. As I've said before, we need new weapon systems in this war on consciousness. We need no, more people involved. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build the infrastructure to get you guys here. I'm trying to build something, build the platform that can house these types of discussions and, and, and individuals like ourselves. <laughs> but let me tell you, it is not easy. And with that being said, let's start the show. So we, we, we had the... Notre Dame Cathedral Fire take place this week, and it is, um, pun intended, setting the world ablaze. It's a histor- It's the historic Notre Dame Cathedral, and it's been in flames. 
Uh, there's a lot of theories out there that are talking about whether or not it's it's ISIS or something like that. I don't really know. I will not. I, I will not say. Uh, but I have a few factoids I'd like to go over while talking about the historic Notre Dame Cathedral. Realize that France was going on almost its 22nd week of doing the Yellow Vest protests, where they were trying to expose globalism, expose President Emmanuel Macron and his loyalist ties to the globalist agenda. Things like the UN Migration Pact that we discussed with Brad Burris of Crush the Opposition podcast, as well as Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, the Paris Climate Agreement. Realize that's what the Yellow Vest protests were all about. And then we have this this fire. Now, I'm not saying it was intentionally intentionally done, but I have a few articles that do say that, so we'll get into that. Uh, personally, what I believe will happen from this is that we'll see a, gr- a, a great gathering and unification of peoples and their faith. Already, uh, Emmanuel Macron has sent out a, a, a call to the world to say, hey, help us design this new spire. That was one of the uh, pieces that actually fell in the fire. Uh, and so it, it, it'll be very interesting to see what happens with that. But a few a few of the factoids surrounding the Notre Dame fire, uh, you know, the church itself is over 850 years old. Ten churches in France were attacked in one week in February before March. So just keep that in mind. In February before Notre Dame, uh, there was a mysterious basement fire that forced Catholic churches in New York to evacuate on Sunday. YouTube also flagged some of the Notre Dame co- cathedral fires as conspiracy as 9-11 conspiracy videos uh it was the 800th attack on the french on on french like on a french church this year alone as i said before i feel like this is the change people from the yellow vest protest unifying the unifying under globalist rule uh there are videos out there that show a strange figure on top of the church kind of patrolling the area and then a few minutes later the actual church collapses. Uh, I have, I have the the clip queued up uh, for iPad Goat Two. I'm not sure if uh, if we'll play the full clip for you guys. It's like seven minutes long, uh, and it's 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 mostly graphical, so our audio listeners won't be able to hear it. Uh, but that was actually in there as well. A lot of people were able to catch on to that, and if people are unfamiliar as to what iPad Goat is, it's one of those occult, uh, symbolistic, CGI movies where they tell you. About the types of things that are happening, uh, maybe, maybe you know, maybe if we have time, we'll get into this. We'll, we'll, we'll try to get into this. Uh, also, in the historically black, historically black churches in Louisiana burned as well. Twitter raised over one million dollars, as well as a church, a church in South Carolina being defaced. These all happened within the span of a week, at the same time that the Notre Dame fire occurred. Now, I'm somebody that pays attention to, well, clearly trends and what's happening, right? And when I see things like this, that just makes me think that this was not, clearly this was no accident. Clearly this was something that was orchestrated and carried out by a number of peoples. This this was coordinated. There was a mosque that actually burned at the same time as well. <laughs> like, there's this, again... I'm just trying to point out some of the curiosities surrounding it so that when we're looking at this, we have a comprehensive view as to what's going on. Here, let me pull up some of these articles for you guys so we can get into more of this. 
more of some of the curiosities. And clearly, as things evolved, as we as we learned more about the actual situation and information came to light, we try to inform you. But right here, this is an article by Pamela Geller, uh, which was reposted by Sons of Liberty Media on April 16th. They say that the Notre Dame Cathedral Inferno was intentionally set. Four days before the Notre Dame Cathedral caught fire, 16 statues were removed from the top. There was an alarm that was raised 23 minutes before the blaze was detected. They said that it could take decades to rebuild. The Al-Aqsa Mosque, as I said before, uh, caught fire as the Notre Dame Cathedral burned. Is that, an, is that evidence of coordinated arson? I'm not sure. And Allah es grand, Muslims laugh, celebrate as Blaze destroys Notre Dame Cathedral during the Holy Week. This is an article by Robert Spencer of Freedom Outpost. They also put this up on uh, April 16th. It says jihadists may not have set the fire, but they're certainly celebrating it. Many Muslims believe that the ruins and destruction of non-Muslim structures testifies to the truth of Islam, as the Quran suggests that the destroyed remnants of ancient non-Muslim civilizations are a sign of Allah's punishment of those who rejected his truth. Quote, many were the ways of life that has passed before you travel through the earth and see what is what was the end of those who rejected truth. So uh, what, what, what we're seeing, and I'm not, I'm not saying it's Muslims. I don't want to say that because they're not literally that, that, that I don't want to do that. Uh, what I am trying to say is that I've actually reported on, uh, I think it was Muslims in South, South America, maybe whenever they were in the Philippines, ISIS was in the Philippines. They went through and they destroyed some of the Catholic churches there. We played some clips for you guys where they destroyed the statues. There was like depictions of Mary Magdalene, Jesus Christ, uh, and they just destroyed this stuff. And this is something that keeps happening where they're, where they're destroying history. And I don't, you know, and I don't want to say it's Muslims because that's not Islam. That's not Muslim. These are radical terrorists. These are people who are going out there deliberately destroying these types of things, carrying this on. But at the same time, this has to be condoned. Let me get into this article by Pamela Geller. It says, guided by the Islamic State, the terror cell of French Muslims behind the failed Notre Dame attack, attack police say another operation was planned by a group, uh, one of whom had been engaged to two men who carried out deadly attacks. And this was said by Matthew Thomas McDonald. Uh, a time colonist, Christopher J. Hale, tweeted, quote, a Jesuit friend in Paris who works in Notre Dame told me cathedral staff said the fire was intentionally set. And then he deleted the tweet a few minutes after. And in June of 2017, a jihadi attacked a police officer with a hammer at the Notre Dame Cathedral. Farida Ken, Eakin, uh, injured the officer with a hammer and was found to be in possession of a butcher knives. A video in which, the pledge, in which he pledged allegiance to the Islamic State was found at Farid's apartment. And this was an article by RT now. It says, while the world watched in horror at Paris's historic Notre Dame Cathedral erupting in flames Monday, the fire is only the latest series of incidents that have left social media awash in, heavily, in images of heavily damaged churches. Notre Dame spokesman Andre Fanot told French media, quote, everything is burning. Nothing will remain from the frame. France has been hit with a string of fires at Catholic churches, some of which occurred alongside desecration and sacred objects and acts of vandalism. While the fire at Notre Dame appears to be an accident connected to the renovations of the church, the image of the famous spire engulfed in flames is a hard hit on the historically deeply Catholic French, as well as Catholics all over 
who have seen their religion reeling from devastating scandals, cover-ups, and attacks. While Notre Dame is undoubtedly the most well-known landmark to be affected, Paris's second-largest church, St. Selfless, briefly burst into flames on March 17th, the fire damaging doors and stained-glass windows on the building's exterior. Police later reported that the incident had not been an accident. So, again, they're saying that it's, this was intentionally done. This was intentionally done. This was intentionally done. This, this wasn't by accident. This, this, this is crazy. But is it, though? Is it so crazy to think that these types of things would happen? There's a war on Christianity. There's, a, there's religious wars going on. And the, like, I think, let me just, let me pivot into this real quick. Uh, this South Carolina church that was vandalized. Now, recently, you guys may have remembered me talking about taking a trip there uh, to, to, to visit family. There's a different culture out there. This is, this is the type of stuff, this isn't, this isn't right. South Carolina church vandalized with submit to God through Islam on Palm Sunday. This is put up by Ricky Scaparo of End Times Headlines on April 17th. Now, easy, we're not really sure if this is a religious attack. Who knows? This could be somebody else staging things. We're not sure, but there's clearly uh, steps being taken to stoke a race war, to stoke a civil war, and to stoke a, a, a religious war. As I talked about uh, in, in one of our most recent podcast episodes, I told you about how Satanism can be uh, approved because, well, it's a philosophy and not necessarily religion. What we're having now is a, 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 a competition for the dominion of religion, which is the superior. We can clearly see that Islam is growing into a protected class. Now, I don't like talking about this type of stuff, but whenever your religion is and your ideologies are being forced upon me, I have the right to rebel and resist anything that you're trying to tell me because essentially that's tyranny and that's dominion and that's authority which I do which I don't do very well with. Let me get into this article. A South Carolina church had three of its one hundred and twenty five year old windows broken and was vandalized with Islamic themed graffiti Sunday, hours after celebrating Palm Sunday. Quote, submit to God through Islam and Muhammad is his prophet. Were sprayed on the outside of Midway Presbyterian Church, according to local police. The Anderson Police Department is offering a reward for any information that leads to the arrest of the individuals who vandalized the church building. Church members on Sunday afternoon covered the windows ahead of the thunderstorm Sunday night. Police reported, or police posted about the incident in the afternoon Sunday. Uh, the church's service began earlier in the day at 10.30 a.m. The church's mission statement says, quote, Our purpose is to call people into a living and growing relationship with God and Jesus Christ with the help of the Holy Spirit and to promote the mission of Christ in compassionate ministries. We intend to be a welcoming and caring church, a church family that nurtures a sense of community and belonging. We want young and old to join us in the Christian pilgrimage as our sojourners in the great adventures of faith. The church dates back its origins to the 1800s. And right here, you you, you have somebody that... that perfectly quantifies this. Ramo Spam says, literally could have been done by anyone, including Islamophobes, not just Muslims. And the reason I say that is because we, we, there's a lot of attacks being carried out, period. Whether or not they are acts of vandalism, whether or not they're fires, whether or not they're stabbing, shootings, or murders, there's a lot of things going on. I don't really talk, I, 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 don't, I talk more or less about like the occult, satanic, luciferian, uh, dark aspect of it, not necessarily the religious aspect, 
because these are individuals who carry out these attacks. The religious aspect is whenever it's literally your God becomes better than my, or your, your God is weaker than my God. Your imaginary friend is, is weaker than my imaginary friend. And this is when it becomes dangerous. But that's what we see happening right now, which leads me to my next statement. This is, this is even more crazy because I uh, <laughs> definitely did not intend to go down this path, but it is important to get all of this on record. Uh, and we're, we're kind of jumping ahead in the show planning, but that's okay because uh, it still kind of goes along with everything that we're talking about. Now, while I'm kind of a little bit apprehensive to point the finger in the Muslims and the, the, the Islamic community here within America, I also think it's important to highlight the fact that there is an Islamic community here in America and that there are Muslims who are not really <laughs> down to convert to American. What do I mean? Right here, sleeper cells, 10,000 illegal aliens from terrorist nations roam free in the U.S. This is put up by Tyler Durden of the Zero Hedge. He put this up April 15th. Before I get into this article, this, this is what I'm saying by going down to the border. This is what I'm trying to tell you guys. It's not just Mexicans. It's not just Cubanos. It's not just people from Venezuela. No, not just people from Buenos Aires. It's not just people from the Bahamas. It's also people from the Middle East. See, because, because we paid attention to that New Mexico jihadi situation, we have a little bit of a different perspective on things. Uh, not only, not only the, the, the training camps are on the southern part of the border, but the ones that were also in northern New Mexico. Now, this, this, this article is actually accompanied with, that's right, infographics that have Islamic terrorist networks in America that span all the way from Seattle, Washington, to Boston, Massachusetts, to Potomac, uh, what is that? Maryland, Potomac, Maryland, yep, Charlotte, North Carolina, Austin, Texas, Oklahoma City, Denver, you name it. They're all over. And the reason I tell you this is because, well, now we're beginning to see, remember you, remember months ago I told you we have been infiltrated? We got a lot of people here that hate the country, that were born here, that are opening the door for people that aren't born here to come in here, come, come mess up everything. Well, they're here now. Yep, they're here now. Okay, and when we see these attacks happening in France, in America, in Europe, who do you think is coordinating these types of things? Where, either they're coordinated or these are just radicalized individuals who no longer care. Let me get into this article. Approximately 10,000 illegal immigrants from countries designated as state sponsors of terrorism are living within the borders of the United States, according to the Immigration Reform Law Institute, uh, first reported by Breitbart. I-R-L-I and that's the Immigration Reform Law Institute, revealed last week that it had obtained documents under the Freedom of Information Act uh, that revealed that ten that the 10,000 illegals have not yet been deported despite having been ordered to leave the country. The FOI showed the illegals were from Iran, Syria, Sudan, and North Korea. IRLI said Iran, quote, led the pack with over 6,000 or 61% of their citizens with removal orders, followed by Syria with 20%, Sudan with 18%, and North Korea with less than a percent. Congress has recently held hearings where U.S. intelligence officials have suggested that Iranian sleeper cells inside the U.S. are awaiting orders to strike. IRLI Executive Director Dale Wilcox chatted with Sirius XM's Patriot Breitbart News tonight last week warned that the 10,000 illegals from terrorist countries are a, quote, very dangerous situation. We have, quote, or he says, quote, we have 10,000 aliens. Some of them are criminals, and that's why they've been ordered to remove. You could have, you could have some that might have come into the 
country illegally or illegally at some point. However, they've committed crimes and they've been ordered removed. Then, of course, your garden variety of illegal illegal aliens uh, who have jumped the border or overstayed their legitimate visa, and they've been told to go home, yet they're continuing to hide out in this country, which only stresses the danger of sanctuary jurisdictions. California has the largest population of Iranians outside of Iran. California is a sanctuary state. California is not cooperating with immigration authorities, so their sanctuary law is preventing ICE from removing these individuals. Of that number, 10,000, 6,000 of these individuals are Iranian. They're Iranian. 6,000 of 10,000 are Iranian. That's crazy. They already have it, like, down. We've had hearings here recently in Congress where U.S. intelligence officials have stated that there are Iranian sleeper cells inside the, US that you, inside the United States ready and waiting for the order. Ready and waiting. So it's not just me. It's other people out there telling you. We just have this thing where we don't want to hear what's going on. You know, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to play Hillary Clinton saying Assange must answer for what he's done and then speak on Julian Assange's situation and then lead into how Donald Trump is, is dumping these migrants. But I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll do that backwards. I'll play for you Donald Trump threatening to dump the migrants in sanctuary cities and then talk about how he got into office because of people like Julian Assange, but how this is, this is, and this is the crazy part about it. This is the fourth dimensional chest is what they say. This is the fifth dimensional chest aspect of it. Hillary Clinton would have, wouldn't have access to all these immigrants to all this type of stuff. Had Donald Trump not been in office, had Julian Assange not done what he had done to get Donald Trump in office to create this border crisis or to, to exacerbate this issue, right? Hillary Clinton wouldn't have the generational voters to vote for her afterwards. I hope that made sense, but let me play for you guys this clip of Donald Trump threatening to dump migrants. Mr. President, yeah. can you tell us your plans about sanctuary cities and illegal migrants? Well, you know, the people that are putting sanctuary cities where they're not even wanted, because as you know, in California and other places, a lot of communities want to get out of sanctuary cities. They don't want them, but uh, they always seem to have open arms. So we thought rather than moving uh, the illegal immigrants uh, to other parts of the country. First of all, we're uh, we're getting them and we're doing the best we can with very bad laws. We have to change the laws, but we're apprehending uh, thousands and thousands of people a day. And the law only allows us to hold them, as you know, for 20 days because of the most ridiculous laws probably we have in this country. If uh, Ajit had laws like that for 5G, you wouldn't have anything built. You'd never have the first cell put up. But we have horrible, old-fashioned laws that are put in by the Democrats. We're willing to change them. We can do it in, I used to say 45 minutes, we can do it in 15 minutes, whether it's catch and release or uh, chain migration or any of them. The asylum laws are absolutely insane. Uh, they come up in many cases. They're rough gang members. In many cases, they're people with tremendous crime records. And they're given a statement to read by lawyers that stand there waiting for them. Read this statement. And it says, I have great fear for my life. I have great fear for being in my country. Even though in some cases, some of these people are holding their country's flags and waving their country's flags. And then they talk about the fear they have of being in the country that the flag they were waving freely. So uh, we are uh, looking at the possibility, strongly looking at, to be honest with you. Uh, California, the governor wants to have uh, a lot of people coming in, 
refugees coming in, uh, a lot of sanctuary cities, so we'll give them to the sanctuary cities maybe to take care of if that's the way they want it, because we can only hold them under the current law for 20 days. So we apprehend them by the thousands and thousands a day. I have to say, Border Patrol has been incredible. The job they're doing is incredible. Uh, the wall is going up. It's going up fairly rapidly. Uh, we're doing another big section. We start another big section tomorrow, but we're building miles and miles of wall. Uh, and we're going to have, I think, we'll be close to 400 miles built by the end of next year. And uh, we need that. Uh, just got back from Texas, and some of the ranchers told me, you look at Brooks County, you look at other places, some of the ranchers told me your body's lying all over the land. Good Lord. Of people where the coyotes give them. Good Lord. All right, and, and I think this is my way of pivoting into saying that we, when we take this trip down to the border, we're going to be doing a lot of different things. Hopefully speaking with the mayor of El Paso, meeting up with some other people that are down there. Uh, there's been a local militia group here in New Mexico that has been able to uh, detain at least 300 people, 300 illegal immigrants on our border. Local militias are going down there. So there's, there's some serious stuff. This is a very, very pivotal point in our, in our country's moment. I, I, I know a lot of people don't want to look at it, but this is a very, very pivotal thing. Uh, when Donald Trump's saying that they're apprehending thousands a day, yeah, he's correct. These people are getting overloaded down there. They're, they're having to catch them and release them. Like, seriously, they don't have enough places to, to, to hold them. There's not enough, there's not enough, <laughs> there's not enough space for them. I'm telling you about the FEMA camps. I'm telling you about the detention centers. I'm telling you about the fusion centers. I'm telling you about where we already know that they can be at. They are not there now. They're going out into the street. Okay. Like that's the crazy part. There's no, there's not enough, there's not enough to house them. Now, while we can understand what's actually happening, we have to pull back and realize that from the conspiratorial Illuminati New World Order perspective, you have to see that what we will essentially call for is the building of the wall. We will call for a police state. We will call for all of the extraordinary authoritarian measures that will catch these people and add a level of order to society. Because when I'm saying that lawlessness is on the loose, yeah, this is, this is, this is all real. This is all happening. I'm going to play for you guys, uh, you know, the, the clip of Julian Assange actually being uh, removed from uh, the Ecuadorian embassy so that we can have that on record. Uh, but this is, again, what I mean by the lawlessness. You see, Donald Trump is going through all this, but he says he has no idea who he has no idea about WikiLeaks. It's crazy. It is crazy. But uh, here is the 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 infamous clip with the police officer smirking right there in the corner video as Julian Assange is being ripped from the Ecuadorian embassy. must resist. Now, whether or not he said uh, if the UK should resist the Trump administration, we're not entirely sure. Uh, but this is crazy to think about. Uh, Julian Assange, the amount of work that he's done for so many people, 
you know, the mainstream media loved him whenever he was exposing all the war crimes from the Bush fam- from the Bush uh, administration. But for some strange reason, they don't want to hear anything that he has to say now. Without Julian Assange, we wouldn't have a lot of the information regarding Pizzagate, Pedogate, spirit cooking. Uh, we wouldn't have a lot of we would not have a lot of information. Period. Were enough for people like Julian Assange. And the fact that this is not getting the amount of attention and the appropriate attention that it deserves to 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 raise awareness about how our journalistic freedoms are under fire, that's dangerous. There are numerous government websites that were taken down during, like essentially like right after Julian Assange's arrest. And nobody thinks this is a big thing. Who who was tied into it? There is so much information surrounding Julian Assange that it's crazy. You even have comedians like John Oliver saying that maybe it's time to step up for Julian Assange. But America's current attempts to extradite him hang on a specific charge that many press advocates find unsettling. The U.S. Justice Department has charged him with conspiracy to commit computer intrusion. Authorities are accusing Assange of conspiring to crack a password in order to obtain classified government documents. Now, that charge stems from his correspondence with Chelsea Manning before the publication of classified documents in 2010. And on its face, it currently seems more than a little flimsy, uh, prompting the Committee to Protect Journalists to call it troubling for press freedom, because the indictment's language seems to criminalise a broad range of legally protected and common journalistic activity. And while it is still early at this point, and we don't know what else Assange might be charged with, or even whether the UK will extradite him at all, this story is worrying for a number of reasons. One, because journalistic freedoms may be under threat. And two, unfortunately, in order to protect them, we may be forced to utter the one phrase in the English language scarier than Halloween Brexit. And that's, I'm really sorry everyone, but it might actually be time to defend Julian Assange. And I think that's literally crazy that you have a comedian prefacing it that way as if it's a as if it's a monumental thing that we've got to stand up for free speech. We've got to stand up for journalism. We have to stand up for whistleblowers. We have to stand up for people who are doing the right thing, trying to inform the public. Like you like what? I didn't go see what Trevor Noah or Stephen Colbert or any of these other people said. But the fact that you actually have John, John Oliver coming out and prefacing it in that way. I think it might be time to stand up for Julian Assange. What are you talking about? It doesn't matter or not whether or not you like Julian Assange at all. It's the fact that he acts as a safe haven for people who have corrupt governments trying to do better for the people. That that is that to me is crazy. Like I said before, everybody loved them. Everybody loved Julian Assange whenever he was doing what they wanted. But for some reason, we have now entered a time frame to where telling the truth is a bad thing. What does that say? That we're that 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 we're being run by criminals? How, what is what what is it? What is Charles's uh Charles Charles Casson's name? Truth is terrorism. Truth is terrorism in an empire of lies. And who is the supreme liar other than Hillary Clinton? I'll wait and see uh, what happens with the charges and how uh, it proceeds. But you know, he he skipped bail in the UK. You know, Sweden had those charges which have been dropped um, in uh, the last several years. But the bottom line is, uh, he has to answer for what he has done, at least as it's been charged. I do think it's a little ironic that he may be the only. foreigner that uh, this administration would welcome to the United States. <laughs> oh, Hillary, I'll wait and see. Oh, uh, you, oh, you trolling. Yeah, because we have access to your emails. 
Yeah, we still don't know what happened to Hillary Clinton's emails. Remember that? Or her whole email scandal? Anthony Weiner's like a, a registered sex offender. Huma Abedin, like, come on now. Uh, that that was the huge thing. Of course, she's going to have to troll and make a joke about it because she's in the barrel. She's queued up. She could get thrown away. She's in the briar patch. Hillary Clinton's just as guilty as the rest of them, and they have that number. So, and I've and I've spoken on the spirit on the on on some of my thoughts, my theories surrounding what's going to happen with Julian Assange. Personally, I think that he's too much of a a a a asset for them to kill him off or to let him go. He might be absorbed into the into the intelligence community, and all that information that WikiLeaks actually had is now going in there, and that's going to be something else entirely. So we'll we'll see what will actually come of that. I just think it's crazy that all of this is transpiring uh, at all, really, uh, and it's, it, it definitely makes me worry. This is what I mean by lawlessness. We have all this all this chaos going on, essentially unchecked, and I think it's being done intentionally so that the 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 harsh hand of justice can swiftly come down and, and, and change up the face of America. Like this is, it, it, it's a very interesting time uh, we find ourselves living in. So to pivot, to start to wrap up this segment for you guys, I wanted to close out talking about Eric Swallows, Swallows Well Swalwell talking about how he wants to take your guns. Uh, and this is just outright crazy to me. There should be no law that infringes upon your Second Amendment right. Any, any gun law is an infringement upon your right. But look at this, this, look at this guy. He just looks like a creeper. Yeah, he just looks like a weirdo. He's got that lazy eye. You know, his eyes are kind of squinted. He just looks like a deceiver. He looks like a manipulator of the truth, a total politician. Right here, Eric Newcomb Swal. Eric Newcomb Swalwell, I call him Eric Swallowswell, Swalwell, uh, wants to take your guns and jail anyone who resists. This was put up by a contributing author over there at STHF Plan. They put this up April 16th. And before I play for you guys this clip, I'm going to read just a little bit of the summary. It says uh, Representative Eric Swalwell, the Democrat from California, has decided to run for president on an anti-Second Amendment platform while exhibiting a clear lack of understanding about guns. Uh, and has reiterated his desire to imprison Americans who don't hand over banned weapons. That's crazy to me. So gun control is the central plank in your campaign. You wrote last year, quote, we should ban possession of military-style semi-automatic assault weapons, we should buy back such weapons from all who choose to abide by the law, and we should criminally prosecute any who choose to defy it by keeping their weapons. Criminal prosecution for keeping assault weapons. What's the punishment for people who don't hand in their guns? Do they go to jail? Well, Jake, uh, they would, but I also offer an alternative, which would be to keep them at a hunting club or a shooting range. And the reason I have proposed this is because uh, these weapons are so devastating. I've seen this as a prosecutor uh, in the cases that I've prosecuted. We've seen these in the school shootings from Sandy Hook to Parkland, and I was just at Parkland earlier this week doing a town hall there. But it's not just the violence that they've caused, it's the fear, the immeasurable fear that our children live in because they are still on our streets. I want to get rid of that fear. I want to do what Australia did and New Zealand. So you get rid gun of control fear? is the central. You get rid of fear with truth. Okay. That's, that's how you get rid of fear. You don't, by doing that, all you're really going to do, as I keep trying to reiterate, is you're going to make law-abiding citizens criminals. You get rid of fear 
by savaging it with the truth. Don't make people scared of it. You've got to inform them of what's actually going on. When you don't do that, you make them fearful. You make them scared. You put them in a position of subservience to where they're uninformed and unable to actually do anything. Don't take away the guns and then ban everybody else. Inform the people about the guns so they have the truth and the information to deal with the situation. But this is we, we, we live in upside down world. That is my only crime that I'm guilty of is trying to make sense of insanity. Sure. Yeah. Maybe I, sh- I should just give over all of my, all of my, all of, all of the means to defect my, defend myself, defend my neighbors, defend my home, my possessions. I should give up all, all of that. Yeah. We have thousands of people, you know, crossing into the border every day. Uh, you know, don't even get me started on just the general crime that's here. Like, I think it was share this share uh, music personality, icon, celebrity person, share, right? However you want to look at it. A few years ago, two years ago, I think, three years ago, she she had uh, made it a, a tweet a tweet about how anybody in California needs to open up their ho- their house to 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 immigrants, right? Trying to virtue signal to everybody, saying, "Oh, if you're in California, you know, be loving, be open." Recently. She she hopped up on Twitter to say this is a very bad idea. How can we take care of all of these immigrants if we can barely take care of our own? <laughs> well, I'm so glad you 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 joined the discussion, Cher, because you're right. We have millions of homeless here in America. We have many, millions of veterans that are homeless here in America. Oh, but don't worry. Let's just bring in everybody else. We can barely take Flint's just now getting like seven. Seven seventy point seven billion or million dollars to deal with their 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 failing infrastructure, and we're bringing in come we're bringing in people from third world countries. What's going to happen if we if you bring these people in? We are going to become either the first world or the second world. <laughs> I, I say first so that we can have hope. Clearly, we're going to become the second world. Law of average. We're tr- like, This is this is what I'm talking about by the lawlessness. Where where we where we become depreciative where we degenerate, where we regress, where we, where we all enter into these global standards, you see. And I'm going to narrate for you guys this clip of uh, this video where it talks about how Yuma, Arizona, has declared a state of emergency due to the, the, the surge of illegals. Yeah, check this out. It says, uh, U.S. border town passes the breaking point. State of emergency. The mayor of a border city in Arizona has declared a state of emergency because illegal immigrants are overwhelming the local community. Yuma Mayor Douglas Nichols said the migrants released or being released by the U.S. Border Patrol are coming in faster than they are leaving, and the local sh- shelters and charitable groups don't have the resources to deal with it. Quote, there is an imminent threat on having too many migrant releases into our community, Nichols said in an announcement posted on Facebook, quote, it's above our capacity as a community to sustain. The mayor also warned citizens about mobs of migrants, quote, roaming the streets looking to satisfy basic human needs, which the shelters are unable to provide. As a result of the influx immigration, Nichols said Tuesday he had no choice but to declare a state of emergency. The, the mayor also asked the federal government to help with the border crisis in Yuma. So whenever we go down to the border, we're actually going to take a few supplies. Uh, I don't I don't have much, but I have old clothes because we've been moving all the time. I have clothes we can give to these people. Basic human needs. That's what I'm saying. These people, 
I can't hate these people. I don't, I do not hate these people. What I hate is how they're being weaponized and how they're being brought into the country to, to, to not only lower our standards, but also change our way of life. You know, let's keep it a thousand. And I'll speak about this. I think, I think so much more uh, in the, in the, in the third segment, but things like the, uh, the freedom dividends, universal basic income. These are people who were literally being shepherded here by the United Nations, guided, given money, food, uh, 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 shelter, resources, everything they need to get here. These aren't people who are coming up, sending money back to their families. These are people who are gathering their families and coming here. I spoke about this before. These are the new settlers, these migrants. They're coming here to settle in America. You see, they're, they're coming here. And I have nothing wrong with that. But if it's literally overwhelming the system, what does that mean? And on top of that, we are, I already, already talked to you guys about you know how there's different terror cells. What happens when they start linking up and start networking? This is America in 2019. And I'm not trying to fear monger you. I'm trying to keep you informed about these types of things. So when I make these types of statements and take these trips down to the border to, to acquire this type of information... It's because we need to have a legit discussion about this and not let CNN, not let Fox, not let mainstream media, not let fake news tell you that there is no crisis. There is a crisis. Okay. This is a generational issue now. We've, we've put it out for so long <laughs> that it is, it, it's what it is. The same way that it, 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 it literally only intensified. What, what did you think was going to happen from like decades of, of, of ignorance? Like, this is what human trafficking is. This is what all of this stuff comes from. I've talked about how uh, Chinese are sending fentanyl through the mail, synthetic drugs through the mail. And then they're also shipping it over the boats. Like, it's, it's crazy. This, and this is what's going on. Okay. And I could talk all day about how, you know, the CIA, the FBI, how they all traffic drugs. You know, how, how and this is the crazy part about it. They said El Chapa was the good guy compared to what's coming next. You thought El Chapo was bad. You got El Salvadorians. You got Venezuelans. You got Cubanos. You got you you Mexico. You're hearing this talking point go out there that Mexico is on the high end of third world countries. That's because they don't even want those people from those collapsed countries coming in there. And that's the dangerous part is we've really got to get our mind wrapped around this. And at the same time, they're telling Americans stop having kids. But we're going to import all these other people here. Like this is this is why this is all so controversial, uh, is because of how many different things this is this is uh, containing. They don't want you to have guns, as the as the, the the mayor of Yuma, Arizona said. Be on the lookout for roaming groups, roaming mobs of migrants looking for basic human needs. I want to say this, and then I'll close out this segment for you guys. This is what I mean by lawlessness on the loose. You can go down the border. On any given day, and 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 like Trump said, there's bodies all over the place. There's there's blood on the streets. You'll get robbed. You'll get jacked. What they'll do is they they they, they do quick hits, right? Quick mob hits. Like they'll throw up. They'll 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 mess up somebody. They'll carjack somebody. They'll take their car. They'll they they'll steal their information, and they'll be good for a month or so, and then that'll run out, and they'll have to do that again. This is their job. This is their way of life. This is this is their bread and butter. Okay, I'm not even speaking on the gangs that are there, because here in New Mexico, and this this is why it's good. Uh, what's going on with with well, with the aftermath of Nipsey Hussle? 
uh, and, and, and what's going on with uh, the blood and the crypt community, how they're unifying, right? Because we need some gangs here. The gangs that are coming here, <laughs> let me tell you, they're, they're, they're getting kids early. We're trying to get off. We're trying to get the kids off the drugs. They're giving the kids drugs early because they can. They can get them young. They get them hooked young. Like, I'm. I, I, I'm just trying to give you guys a comprehensive view as I do with everything else about this particular issue. And because I'm out here on the border and I'm getting, I'm really starting to pay attention to what's going on down there. It's it's a war zone. Okay. There are cartels here in New Mexico. That's why I'm like there. There are some hell's angels that you wouldn't even think are, are, are bikers. There are cartel members that are in the foothills over here that are just like some of the most cleanest people you would never think. But as soon as that, as soon as the sun goes down and they have to go to that shop house, they got the apron on covered in blood. Like this is, this is, this is crazy. Okay. This is real issue. These are real issues. And another thing too, say this and then I just, uh, I'll shut down this segment. You have people who are coming from these countries legally migrating here because they don't want to leave. They don't want to live there anymore. Either that or they're staying there because they can sustain themselves. We're not getting the scientists. We're not getting the engineers. We're not getting the doctors. We're not getting the lawyers. We're not getting the, the technocrats. What we're getting are, uh, we're getting the people that are poverty stricken. We're getting the people who have been, uh, disheveled, who have been dis disenfranchised from their power people who are loyal to the state, loyal to the government. This, this is who's coming here. Okay. So when we're saying the lawless, lawlessness is on the loose, we're going to miss the peaceful times that we have right now. And if we don't start checking this to where it doesn't bleed over here into America, if you don't want America to change into some crazy police state, we need to check it on the border. But you see every other indication of them allowing insanity to take place because that's what they want. They want order ab chaos, order out of chaos, because this is how they work. This is how the Illuminati are. This is how the Freemasons are. This is how the new world order works. They have to take something, destroy it, scramble it, and then reconstitute it as something that they can use. And this is what I mean by lawlessness on the loose. But what's going to happen is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, the vaccine agenda, parents holding measles parties, and as well as Bernie Sanders talking about Medicare for all. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this.
Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Those lies and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, out. Welcome back. I know. These, uh, it seems like these episodes or these segments are becoming extremely powerful or just something else entirely. Uh, and it's, it, 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 it's not by choice. I think, uh, that I, I hit the spiritual topics the same way I hit the political topics, the same way I hit the scientific topics, the same way I hit the conspiratorial topics. Only reason I'm hitting all these things hard is because we have to get real. We have to get honest. Okay. Because, because we are in this position, we can't say, Oh, I think it's this. Oh, it might be that. Oh, I don't know. What do you think it is? I, I can't do that to you guys. What I have to do is keep it 1000 and let you know what is happening. What's on my mind. What's going to happen if we don't fix this and what's going to happen if we do fix this. I'm not necessarily too keen on the situation myself either, but that's why, again, we have to look at it appropriately. We have to have a comprehensive viewpoint of what's going to happen, not only for us, for our kids, and everything that comes with that. You thought the drugs were bad. Now, what happens whenever they get some... <laughs> I think this I think this will be a good point for me to segue into the Medicare for All uh, by Bernie Sanders. What happens whenever they start bringing in all these other drugs from other countries, man? Like, look at what... Look at what... Uh, look at what fentanyl... Look at what, uh, 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 what is that synthetic weed? I don't even remember what it's called now. Uh, spice. Look at what spice has done. What happens whenever these people from other countries come in and bring different drugs to different people with different, with different biologies and different microbiomes? Hate to sound like an old man, man, but 
I'm just worried. You see. So to pivot from the last segment into this segment, right? Uh, Bernie Sanders is talking about Medicare for all. All these people who have been attached to, to the system and are literally getting guided here, they will push for this. They will vote for this. They want this. They'll have this. The same way they will want free, more free money, more free housing, more free education, and more free of everything because they're being shepherded here. There's already, and this is, this is why uh, whenever we were talking about the, the great replacement from the New Zealand shooting, that guy, when he was talking about the birth rates, Americans are not having babies. Americans are not having kids. We're not having, we're not getting relationships. We're not having kids. Our kids aren't having kids, but that's America over here in these other countries where they have four or five different kids. They're not hearing that. Okay. They're, they're really not hearing that We're people are, we're, we're, we're being replaced. Give it two, three years. Then, then, then most Americans will, will be uh, part of the North American union. They will say, well, what was America? They will destroy it. That's why I tell you, communism and socialism is like two generations away, yet you have people like Bernie Sanders, who is a democratic socialist, and I can't figure out what the difference is between that and a communist here in the party. Nancy Pelosi says there's no socialists here. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is we're slowly seeing the erosion of our country. And while I do agree that we need to have Medicare, like health care is a human right, well, who, who, who's going to pay for that? These people who don't pay for anything or the taxpayers who are paying for everything? Health care is a human right, not a privilege. Yes. And together, we are going to end the international embarrassment of the United States of America, our great country being the only major nation on earth Gradient, not to guarantee health care to all as a right. That is going to end. It is not a radical idea to say that in the United States, Gradient, every American who goes to a doctor should be able to afford the prescription drugs he or she needs. We should not tolerate a system Caribbean, which the allows the top 10 drug companies to make $69 billion in profits last year, while at the same time, and this is really unbelievable, Caribbean, one out of five Americans who get a prescription from their doctor cannot even afford to fill that prescription. How crazy is that? This is something that is so vital to humanity. Caribbean. Healthcare must be a right, not a privilege, because it is what we believe. It's what our country needs. This has to become the next social safety net. It has to become something that is there for you no matter what. Grabian. No matter if you can afford it. No matter where you live. No matter what. I was expecting one more Grabian. Multimedia marketplace. Uh, but yeah, so... <laughs> Something that something that that always, I'm for free health. I'm for healthcare, not necessarily free healthcare. I think everybody should have a right to healthcare. Uh, I don't think it should be free. I don't think anything should be free. Um, I mean, this is the work that I do, I don't think it should be free. I don't think the doctor should be having to do the work either. Uh, but one thing that I always connect when people start telling me free healthcare is is vaccines. 
is vaccines. Vaccines for all. You get a vaccine. You get a vaccine. You get a vaccine. You get a vaccine. Because you have Medicare. See how that works? I'm all down for health care. But not whenever it's mandated. Because with mandated, that's medical tyranny. You don't you really don't even get to have what's in your body. Like that's not your that's not your temple anymore. You become an experience by something else. As as Bernie Sanders said, ten uh pharmaceutical companies having that much control. I've talked to you, you know, time and time again about how much uh spending uh big pharma does versus big oil in just Congress alone. It's like five to one. <laughs> so clearly they're gonna get that across. And this leads me to my next point. Check this out. New York County has banned measles infected people from public places for three weeks. This is less than three weeks after an unsuccessful attempt to prevent unvaccinated children from public places. Rockland County, New York officials have announced that they want to ban people infected with measles from public places for up to 21 days. So because they were ineffective at banning everybody else, and I played for you guys a clip uh, of the, of, 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 uh, the Rockland mayor talking about how they're going to start banning people who are, who are unvaccinated and how serious that is. They failed with that. So they started banning people who are infected with measles. Like, think about that. Think about the authoritarian control over you and the ability to say, hey, you're not going to go here. You're not going to do that because you did this. And this is going to come with Medicare. This is going to come with government mandated health care that you have to have your shots. And but how does that work? How is it that people that get the shot infect people that don't have the shot, but the people who have the shot worry about people who don't have the shot? In recent weeks, measles has spread from 15 to 20 states. The number of cases has jumped to 555 across the country. In areas with the worst outbreaks, including Rockland County, New York, public health officials are taking extreme measures. Here's Mola Lange. Today, Rockland County officials announced they want to ban people infected with measles from public places for up to 21 days. Failure to comply will result in $2,000 fine per violation per day. While officials in Rockland County say they aren't going to go around arresting people with measles, they insist it is about keeping the public safe. The ban comes three weeks after an unsuccessful attempt to prevent unvaccinated children from public places in Rockland County. Since then, there have been 33 new cases. We have had five cases go to intensive care units, including one infant. Need we wait for someone to die? Rockland County has been the epicenter of the measles outbreak. In recent weeks, measles yeah. has spread from 15 to 20 states. The number of cases has jumped to five. I'm going to play for you guys the, uh, the next, this next clip of parents holding up measles parties because that's important. Um, and again, the fact that you don't have control over what's going on in your body or your child's body. And, and I, and I, and I, and I played for you guys a clip of the Arizona police, uh, having being used as a strong arm of the medical, the health and human services aspect out there, uh, in Arizona and how they actually took part in kidnapping an unvaccinated child. But that's that's what I'm saying. That's the amount of power that the medical system has. It has the ability to essentially get law enforcement involved if you are not having your shots. This is, again, part of that Medicare for all. Medical tyranny. But here, uh, here are people in New York. Parents 
holding measles parties. Tamson, this is the epicenter of the measles outbreak. According to the city, there are close to 300 measles cases so far, and a majority of them are children. The de Blasio administration is worried because the Jewish Passover holiday is around the corner, and that's when families travel and gather. They're worried about the measles spreading. So now, as Williamsburg, Williamsburg residents are told to get vaccinated, there are still some who are refusing to do so. How can you take away my that, that, First of all, that has nothing to do with Yiddishkeit. It does This heated debate right outside of Mayor Bill de Blasio's public health emergency declaration. These women say they will not vaccinate their children. This is my personal religious belief. Actually, I have my rabbi backing it. Children are in danger. We have to take this seriously. The city says the measles outbreak is centered in Williamsburg's ultra-Orthodox community. There are 285 documented cases in New York City. And now the mayor says unvaccinated residents could be fined $1,000. And yeshivas that allow unvaccinated students to attend will be shut down. This vaccine is safe. This vaccine not only protects your child, but as you heard from the mayor, it protects other people's children. Joseph Deutsch, CEO of the ODA Healthcare Network, says some parents still believe vaccines are dangerous. We get calls each and every day about that, and across the level from the doctors, nurses, administration, we try to explain to them that there's no definitely no harm, and the, there is, the benefit is definitely outweighing any perceived risk. This man says his family was even invited to a measles party People are doing this so kids can gain immunity and go to school. She called over my mother. If you don't want to give the shots, come over. We'll, we'll catch the measles. While some here think measles is a harmless childhood disease, the city wishes they would realize measles can cause brain damage and even be fatal. Well, measles is safe too. My kids had it, but I'm perfectly fine with them getting measles. The city is working with local religious leaders to get the message out about vaccines. They're even checking yeshiva records, their immunization records, to see if students are complying. And you may wonder, how do you enforce this? Well, according to the de Blasio administration, once a person is diagnosed with measles, they'll almost act as medical detectives, talking to every single person they've come in contact with. Then, if those people have not been diagnosed and are re refused to get vaccinated, that's when they'll be fined that $1,000. If you want to find out where you can get vaccinated, you just need to call 311. We're live tonight in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Allison Caton, PIX11 News. All right. Thanks, Allison. And this is uh, to, to, to close out this segment, or not necessarily the segment, but to close out this series of videos where we're explaining the, the, the increased medical tyranny of things like compulsory immunizations and mandatory vaccines and why they this this is a part of the whole Medicare for all healthcare for all right here officials close orthodox jewish daycare in new york city for refusing access to vaccination records so they're already the crazy part about this too is they they're doing this uh they've not even doing they've done this in california with SB277 and SB279 uh people have to have specifically daycare workers have to have their shot records up to date they have to they have to get the shot they're mandatory for people in healthcare and in daycare for people that are working with the school with the children and for people who are working with the elderly and if you don't have them well you're part of the problem and right here we have a tweet uh, from New York City Healthy this is the official 
page, the verified page. They put this up April 15th. It says, as of today, we have confirmed that 329 cases of measles since the outbreak began in October. We've also closed a child care program for violating the commissioner's orders to provide access to vaccination records. Think about that. They're saying, look, we're going to close you down if you don't give us access to the vaccines. We want to know who's getting the shot. If you don't tell us who's getting the shot, we're going to, get, we're going to fine you. And if you don't pay that fine, we're going to shut you down. Let me get into this article. This is by Nima Harris of News Punch. They put this up April 16th. It says New York City's health department has shut down an Orthodox Jewish daycare center for violating a city order amid the measles public health emergency. The daycare center in Williamsburg was shuttered for repeatedly refusing to let health officials inspect its medical records. Just before the closure on Monday, Orthodox Jewish families in Brooklyn filed a lawsuit against the city, accusing public health officials of overstepping their authority by ordering all people in Williamsburg to be vaccinated for measles. <laughs> I would agree. The suit seeks to lift the health department mandate for forcing the immunization. 23 other daycares and yeshivas have also received violation notices. RT reports that the United Talmudical Academy in the Harati neighborhood of Williamsburg, Brooklyn, failed to, quote, provide access to medical and attendance records, the health department said, which made it impossible to check whether the school had been excluding staff and students who aren't vaccinated against measles. As of today, we have confirmed 329 cases of measles since the outbreak began in October. We've also closed a child care program for violating the commissioner's orders to provide access to vaccination records. This was the tweet that I just read to you by New York City Healthy. Uh, a public health emergency was declared in four areas of Brooklyn last week to deal with the measles outbreak, the worst the city has seen since 1991. The areas affected are largely in ultra-Orthodox Jewish communities. All children over six months of age were required to get the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine. And parents who didn't comply could be fined $1,000. Schools, schools were told to only accept vaccinated children and to keep medical and attendance records that authorities ha can have access to. That, that that's crazy and as i said you know now now they're just banning people who have actual measles from the locations so it's, it's this is the back and forth this is the insanity to where they don't know they don't know but what they do know is that they don't want you to know they don't want you to read the insert the, the, the vaccine insert they don't want you to have information knowledge what's going on they just want you to take the shot, stop asking questions, leave it alone. Don't don't worry about these types of things. And just for the sake of of of, of just for the sake of fluidity, I want to play it for you guys again how this New York County this video about New York County banning measles infected people. So they're shutting down daycare facilities, they're fining people, all that don't just because they they want to have access to the vaccine records. But whoop de doo what do they do? They decide to start banning people who are actually infected from public places. Like, that's, it, it's just beyond me. In recent weeks, measles has spread from 15 to 20 states. The number of cases has jumped to 555 across the country. In areas with the worst outbreaks, including Rockland County, New York, public health officials are taking extreme measures. Here's Mola Lange. Today, Rockland County officials announced they want to ban people infected with measles from public places for up to 21 days. Failure to comply will result in $2,000 fine per violation per day. While officials in Rockland County say they aren't going to go around arresting people with measles, they insist 
it is about keeping the public safe. The ban comes three weeks after an unsuccessful attempt to prevent unvaccinated children from public places in Rockland County. Since then, there have been 33 new cases. We have had five cases go to intensive care units, including one infant. Need we wait for someone to die? Rockland County has been the epicenter of the measles outbreak. In recent weeks, measles has spread yeah. from 15 to 20 states. The number of cases... And, and again, no one's ever asking, you know, why are the conditions so bad? I think I remember reading something about how, like, the Orthodox Jewish people believe that their immune system, if exposed to things, grows stronger, uh, you know, simply by being exposed to it, so they don't believe in vaccines. I can get that entirely. But the very fact that they're removing religious exemptions, philosophical exemptions, uh, that being a conscientious objector, and the ability to just say, no, that's what's dangerous about all this. We can talk about the political legalese of any of it if you want to, but the very fact that you're not able to control what's going on in your body, and th that's dangerous, and at the same time, them not asking the questions of the conditions of the environment, which is creating and perpetuating this type of sickness, this type of disease, that's what's dangerous. You see. So again, to, to, to wrap up this segment with some good news, check this out. Israeli scientists have printed the world's first 3D heart. I know you'll. Have, I know I have some people that'll say, "Oh, freedom likes Israelis." To be honest, I'm not. And I, and I said this to Truth Is Our Religion earlier this week. I'm not entirely uh, familiar with the Israeli forward slash Palestine conflict. All I know is that uh, <laughs> we are the golden calf that Israel keeps sucking from, and that they are destabilizing the Palestinian people and not letting them have access to their land. Uh, but that's another discussion for another day. Uh, like I said, to end this out on a good note, a team of Israeli scientists or Israeli researchers uh, has printed the world's first 3D vascularized engineered heart. That's right. We're talking about 3D bioprinting. Really, really powerful stuff. Israeli scientists just achieved a huge breakthrough in transplant science. Printing the world's first ever 3D heart. Powerful stuff. Uh, Tel Aviv University researchers hope to, it renders organ donation obsolete. And for our audio listeners, we're playing a video. Uh, in the foreseeable future, they want to be able to create organs the same way that they, they 3D print guns, the same way they 3D print parts for uh, machines, anything. So, so while we're talking about medical tyranny, what happens if this becomes part of uh, this? Is what happens if this becomes like a privatized thing? You think this will be appropriate for people who have Medicare? Like, oh, you have a bad heart, we'll print you a new one. No, this is where private medical science is going to go. Yeah, sure. Let's give the masses these dumbed-down, watered-down vaccines that are just generic. And then for everybody else that has the money, we'll give them the life extension. We'll give them the, the we'll grow organs for them. We'll print brand new organs. We'll do it. We'll do it. We have the surgery machines, the surgery bots. We'll just put them in there. They'll have the... Uh, the anesthesia, they'll get knocked out. We'll give them all new organs. They'll, we'll, we'll, we'll shorten their telomeres. We'll stop them from growing. Like, it's crazy. It is crazy, the time frame that we're in. Let me get into this article right here. We put this up April 15th. It's from Sign of the Times. This is a team of Israeli researchers has printed the world's first 3D vascularized engineered heart. On Monday, a team of Tel Aviv University researchers re revealed the heart, which was made using a patient's own cells and biological material. 
Until now, scientists have successfully printed only sample tissues uh, without blood vessels. Quote, this is the first time anyone anywhere has successfully engineered and printed an entire heart replete with cells, blood vessels, ventricles, and chambers, said Professor Tal, or Professor Dal, Tal DeVere of TAU's uh, School of Molecular Cellular Molecular Cell Biology and Biotechnology, the Department of Material Sciences and Engineering in the Center for Na Nanoscience and Nanotechnology, and the Sagal Center for Regenerative Biotechnology, who was the lead researcher for the study. He worked with Professor Asaf Shapira of the TAU's Faculty of Life Sciences and Nadav Moore, a doctoral student. Their research was published in Advanced Science. Uh, and I'm sure you guys could go find the actual publication there. Uh, but continuing on, it says heart disease is the leading cause of death among both men and women in the United States. In Israel, it is the second largest cause of death after cancer. In 2013, heart disease accounted for about 16% of the total number of deaths in Israel, according to the health ministry. Heart transplantation is often the only treatment available to patients with end-stage heart failure. The waiting list for patients in the U.S. can be as much as six months or more. In Israel and the U.S., many patients die while on the waiting list, hoping for a chance of survival. Quote, this heart is made from human cells and patient-specific biological materials. In our process, these materials serve as the bio-inks, substances made of sugars and proteins that can be used for 3D printing of complex tissue models, DeVere explained. Quote, people have managed to 3D print the structure of a heart in the past, but not with cells or with blood vessels. Our results demonstrate the potential of our approach for engineering personalized tissue and organ replacement in the future. That's right. They're trying to figure out how to print you your own heart. So don't worry about getting the shot. Don't worry about you know, all the sickness. No, don't worry about that. We're just going to get you a new heart. And I say that jokingly because that won't be. A, clearly, that will not be for everybody else. Clearly, that will be for a select few for the people that can actually pay for it. Right now, they'll, they'll give us, you know, what are those uh, automatic defibrillators? Those like little electric carts. They'll give us those that have like a lifespan. They'll shorten those down like they do the iPhone. <laughs> uh, but for rich people, for people who can, and, and, and I want to say this because I, I think everybody kind of sees it, you know, in the future, things like clean water and clean air, those are going to be a huge commodity. Just like having a clean body, just like having fresh organs, like that's going to be, that's, that, that's a huge part of it as well. Uh, this is why you see a lot of people getting involved in things like longevity, health, wellness, because that's the future. We are, we are already living longer uh, due to our, our, our environment, for sure. Uh, but we're also depreciating, so it, it's, it's a whole other discussion for another day. But what I'm trying to say to you guys is that there are two, we're, we're running along a parallel medical system where there's stuff being offered to the public and then there's stuff being offered to the private sector. The stuff that's being offered to the public sector, that's everything that I keep trying to tell you guys to worry about. From the vaccines to the, the pharmaceuticals to you name it. That's all stuff that literally depreciates you and turns you into a junkie. Uh, the stuff that's being developed in the private sector where we're talking about, you know, like th things like telomeres, where we're talking about things like alkaline diets, you know, all the, all the good stuff. That's where we should really be focusing because that's, that's where the true knowledge is. Like we're slowly catching on to the fact that we need to eat a little bit more healthy, that we need to have proper diets. 
the psychosomatic relationship between the body, the mind, and the heart, the soul, all of it. It's, 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 it's true. But the diet that we're on right now, the lifestyle that we have, our biology, is literally one that is geared towards slavery, one that is geared towards ins uh, uh, perpetual enslavement. What we're talking about over here, having 3D printed hearts, yeah, you name it, 3D bioprinting, taking care of your body, that's advanced. We've really got to start thinking about the world that we're creating, otherwise we'll, we'll fall into this automated world where they'll just tell you, take the shot, stop asking questions. Don't, don't, don't worry about why uh, your immune system isn't developing at a faster rate or why it's not getting stronger. No, just take the shot, you'll be all right. No, that's, that's the dangerous part. Half of Western Australian health workers are refusing the flu vaccine. And I already told you that Brooklyn parents are trying to sue to stop mandatory measles vaccinations. I remember reporting on some of the stuff in actual uh, Australia as well. They took certain pay from parents. I, I think it was called no, it's called no jab, no pay. If, uh, the, if the parents and the children didn't take the shot, they actually deducted a certain uh, fee from the parent's paycheck. Every time they got paid. So this is a very real thing. There's a bill out right now that's trying to, you know, give some kind of medical freedom to people to where they have the ability to check what's going on in their system. But, and this is the other crazy part about it too. The bill, that bill in Texas, it says we're not going to actually give people shots until the, until the vaccines have been tested and proved safe. It's like, hold on, wait a second. Are you telling me you're giving all these people shots already and you're not testing them to see if they're safe? This bill shouldn't be monumental like, hey, guess what? We're going to check on the vaccines and, you know, make sure they're safe. Whoa. What you're telling me is you didn't do that before and you're still injecting this with people? They're trying to use us as experiments. This is what I mean by vaccine and medical freedom tyranny. If we do not have control over what goes on in our life and in our body, who's really in control? That's why we have to strive after freedom. That's why we have to strive after figuring a way out of this, this, little, this little paradox they found us in. I can't find it yet like, because, you know, for a while there, we were able to send people in California to a lawyer or to a doctor, and he was writing some of those exemptions, but they, they are systematically trying to figure out ways to stop that. So as we, as we know more, we will let you know more because that's all we can keep doing is trying to fight the good fight. And who would have thought that this would be one of the, who would think that this would be a battleground? Who would think that taking your health back would be a revolutionary act? But I digress. What's going to happen is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about this, this, this simulation hypothesis, the holographic universe, this matrix style brain connection, the internet of thoughts, and so much more. You know, a, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of what we're moving into is just that as well. They want to eliminate the ability for you to choose to make a better tomorrow. And if you do that, you play right into their hands. You see, everything, I, my whole purpose here is not only to inform you of the types of things that are going on, but to also make you, uh, to, to, to give you the, the tools and the awareness that is necessary to fight this at every single level. And there are levels that are being created that we don't even know about because that's how clever all these people are. I said this today on the Instagram live, how with the technocracy, they are creating an, another buffer from you and yourself 
And that's that indoctrination that I was speaking on. And if we do not fight it, we will become victims to it. But I assure you, many are waking up to this injustice. Many are fighting it. And many are waking up others. But like I said, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. The Internet of Thoughts. Simulation hypothesis. All this, all, all this crazy, crazy stuff we see happening. But ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back. That's right. Right after this. Salutations, my friends. Have you heard of Shilajit? Well, to be quite honest, neither had I. But then I started doing some research and I found out that it was part of the Hindu Ayurvedic system of medicine. And for hundreds of years since its discovery, it's had the potential to help people live a healthy and balanced life. Here, let me read off some of the benefits for you guys. It increases your energy, boosts your libido, balances your mood, supports healthy aging, decalcifies your pineal gland, and we all understand how important that is, supports healthy brain health. Uh, it also helps regulate your hormones. There are so many benefits to taking this that I cannot put them in this single video. You can mix it in with tea. Uh, I like to mix it in with my pre-workout in the morning and be careful, it's gonna give you that boost. It's going to give you that energetic boost you need to get through your day. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant, expose lies, and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction.
back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. Maybe if I, you know, I was over in, uh, I was over with uh, Brad and Tony of Crusty Opposition. They had a soundboard with cool little, like, clips that they would play, right? Of just like, oh, you know. They just had so like, you know, just stuff from The Sopranos. Uh, crazy triggered people that we've seen since like 2016. They had like a, a cool soundboard that they played and I, and you can press it. Definitely go listen to it. I, I messed with it a few times. It's a powerful episode. I think what I'm trying to say is maybe we should get one of those for our show. So I don't have to come up with all these crazy R2D2 droid sounds because I'm a human, but people want to be brought back in because, you know, insert audio experience here. Anyway, gang, uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sticking around. I know we go we 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 go all over the place. We talk about a lot of things. It's because that's that's our job. It's what we're, it's what I'm here for. You're not here. You're not here just to hear about how the weather is, unless you want to hear about how the weather's controlled, and how people like CIA Director John Brennan talks about things such as stratospheric aerosol injections and how that's his preferred method of weather manipulation. Nope. You're not, you're not here to hear about the weather. You're here about to hear that stuff. You're here to think. You're here for that deeper and greater purpose. And <laughs> I am honored to, to be able to be here to talk to you about these types of things and to help us uh, get into this mindset, get into this modality, because I think everybody can understand that what we are dealing with is not what our grandparents dealt with. What we're dealing with is not what our parents dealt with. We're dealing with a whole new set of stuff, a whole new game. And I think this is, this is what I was trying to allude to earlier when I was talking about the intellectual academic dark age. Uh, before, you know, you could, you, could, you could do so much with so little. It's a different day and age these days. People have to think differently and do differently. And, 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 and that's why it, it's just vastly different. It truly is. Now, last week we talked about how uh, this MIT professor believed that we lived in a simulation. Spoke as well about Elon Musk and AI being the immortal dictator, the, the, the summoning of the demon. We also talked about telepathic Russians and how they were able to communicate with dolphins. What we're going to be talking about in this particular segment is stuff along that same line. The idea that scientists have created a clairvoyant machine capable of predicting the future. Amazon employees listening in via Alexa. Well, I, I say, well, is that, is that, should that really be surprising? I mean, what is the NSA? What is the DHS? <laughs> what is the FBI? What is the CIA? What are all these other uh, uh, strong arms of the government that, that are listening to what I'm saying right now? You see, the technocrats, the corporatocracy, the Amazon employees of Amazon, they're literally just carrying out the, like, the, the, the low-level stuff that government people can't do. I talked about this earlier today and how the, the, the people that are getting into Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of these social media platforms, these are the people that did not go outside for days on end and played World of Warcraft and are essentially disassoci disassociated from reality, who have, delicate, who have extraordinarily delicate sensibilities and live their lives online. Now, personally, when I do play any, any kind of game, I like for it to be like an MMORPG, a massive multiplayer online RPG, because I like to go at my own pace. I like to socialize with people that are there and hang out and do this type of stuff. And I love the internet community. There is so much love there. That's, that's where I came from. 
on top of the paranormal stuff, you, know, you see. But that's not the, that's not the real world. <laughs> that's 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 a simulation. You see, that's a simulation of the real world, and it is only natural for humanity to show love because that is what we are. We are divine creatures made in the image of God. And when we begin to talk about the simulation hypothesis, when we begin to talk about what's going on, our 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 orientation of reality, we have to really get into that strange modality of thinking. Here, you know what? Let me just go ahead and start reading to you uh, some of this article uh, from Now the End Begins. This is by Jeffrey Greider. They put this up April 11th. This is MIT scientist Rizwan Verk writes a book called The Simulation Hypothesis, which says that we are living in an artificial simulated world, much like the Matrix. The basic idea is that everything we see around us, including the Earth and the universe, is part of a very sophisticated MMORPG, a massive multiplayer online role-playing game, and that we are the players in this game. Chances are you haven't heard of the simulation uh, hypothesis, but this is a very hot topic among some of the leading technological minds of our day. It states that we are actually living in a massive simulated virtual reality, much like the movie The Matrix. And before you dismiss this out of hand, think about this. Quote, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do not appear. This is said, by he this is said in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, in the King James Version. Essentially what they're trying to say is, and I've spoken on this before when reading uh, the Corpus Hermeticum to you, how things are in this non, uh, this, this non-decisive state, this non-disseminated state. And how, and I speak about this all the time, how we are made for this, ter this, this terrestrial area, this terrestrial plane. We're made for Earth. That doesn't mean that there's not things outside of Earth that are made for existence, but just not made to exist here. You see, this is why this, this topic interests me so much. And this is why I always speak about it in relation to flat Earth, because you, you begin to talk about dimensions, planar existence, uh, spectrums of light, and spectrums of of, of, of interaction but continuing on it says when god created our world and our entire universe he did so by speaking it into existence from nothing everything that we can see feel taste and touch are products from the imagination of the mind of god to us they are fixed and real and yet to him they are not remember how jesus walked on top of the water without sinking that's impossible for us a complete violation of our laws of physics or how he turned water into wine by simply commanding it to do so. Even with all of our advanced technology, this remains a feat that we will never accomplish. Quote, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are there, that are therein, shall be burned up. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. This is said in Second Peter uh, chapter 3, verses 10 and 13. The Bible says that God will one day destroy this world by fire and then remake it by just speaking it to be so. God has full control over everything in our universe and is able to alter it at any time into anything he desires it to be. That is the very definition of a simulation. That is exactly how our video games like Fortnite operate. Think about this. What is what is what 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 is a simulation? Like when you die, 
and it just renders a whole new world for you, a whole new place. And it's all there. You're just literally tuning into it. Like it's it's still there, you just haven't gotten there. It's like when you play Skyrim and you're walking, you know, and then you, you somehow come up up come upon a mist, but then you stand at that mist for a while and then you begin to see the entire rest of the world load. Was that world there before you had gotten there? Or is it just there because you perceived it? Sound crazy? Well, isn't there like a little uh a little a little saying? If a tree falls in the woods, and if there's no one, or if if a tree falls in the wood and nobody uh, is around to hear it, did the tree fall? Do we make up our reality simply by existing? You see, I know that's not enough. That's it doesn't make sense. Well, let me let me speak on this a little more. The simulation hypothesis, the idea that our bodies are avatars that we are most likely living in a simulation than not. And I've spoken about this time and time again, how with the building of the matrix, they're trying to put us inside of a simulation, inside of a simulation. And that to a degree, we are simulating things. Uh, The Aborigines of Australia, they say that we are living in, that this is the dream world. That, (laughs) that this is limbo. That when we rest, that's the real world that we're tapping into. When we're here, we're at like a a, a, a watered-down, basic rendered version that everybody can <laughs> that everybody can deal with, that everybody's here for, that's not advanced, it's not, you know, it's not crazy. We had a we had a fantastic aspect, a fantastic breakdown of this actual discussion uh, with Rob of Truth and Vibration. So look forward to that episode when it comes out because we speak about this in depth and how important it actually is to look at these types of things. Essentially what we're beginning to to think about, Elon Musk's talked about this. Uh, We did an episode with Billy Carson of forbidden knowledge where we talked about this as well. The holographic universe, the simulation hypothesis, our souls are broadcasting into our bodies. Our bodies are the receiver of some cosmic energy that's going on. And when these people are talking about creating, uh, uh, a simulation when they're talking about Elon Musk's neural link, the neural interface, the brain to brain machine computer interface. That's because they want to put us, as I said before, inside of another simulation. I use the word simulations air quotes because uh, people, people, there's spiritual warfare going on, but it's manifesting here physically. Whatever's happening in that unforeseen realm is dictating how this physical realm works. You see, that's why it says in the Bible, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers in high places, energies, entities, and, 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 and seasons, cycles, you see. But to, to lead more credence to a simulation, what would happen if you added new patches, new updates, new information, new player characters, and all these types of things? Let me get into this article again. This is a earlier uh, a earlier rendition of the actual uh, topic. MIT professor says, quote, we are more likely, more likely we are living in a simulation than not. This is put up by Max Labo of a SDHF plan. They put this up April 10th. It says a Massachusetts Institute of Technology professor has declared that it's more likely than not that we are living in a simulation. 
in a recent interview with Digital Trends, MIT researcher Rizwan Verk stated in his own personal estimation, we're probably living in a simulation. Verk's hypothesis is far from new. The topic was previously probed in the 1999 film The Matrix and is the subject of a new book by Verk. As a computer scientist and a video game developer who, plea, who, who leads Play Labs at uh, MIT, Verk endeavors to unpack the heady arguments that call our physical world into question in his book, The Simulation Hypothesis. Although this idea seems unlikely to the average person, it has been entertained by the likes of technology gurus such as Elon Musk. During his infamous podcast with Joe Rogan, Musk declared that, quote, we are probably living in a simulation, which means he believes that we are all programmed to live in what is essentially a video game. Musk claimed that we have one in a billion chance of living in a base reality. Verks puts our chances at, at a little lower than Musk, though, at, at a little lower than what Musk said. Quote, I would say it's somewhere between 50 or 100 percent. I think it's more likely that we are in a simulation than not. And I want to stop right there because we, we, we go into what we think of as a simulation. You've heard me speak about it with uh, various guests on the show, especially in relation to, to, to crystals. Right. And how I say that we are the crystals, you know, we're, we're a creation of carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, oxygen, potassium and sulfur. These are base components of this reality. As I said before, we're made for here. That's why you can't get you can't, you know, get stardust or stuff that comes from space and then make it here. It's going to have alien qualities. We're made for here. Whatever we are broadcasting from tunes in here and we are able to interact on a whole nother level. Here, this is why words can't effectively convey sometimes how we feel and how we're thinking and, and the other aspects to the human experience. So while I have you thinking about whether or not, you know, you're real, if I'm real, this is all what it is. <laughs> are we living in some kind of machine? Are we living in a simulation? Yes. But I think the simulation is, is, is it's not an appropriate term. But it's one that points us in the right direction. You see, it, it gets us to think about the playing grounds, the, 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 the properties, the, the, the reality, the nature of reality. And it's been, it's been approached by all kinds of different people uh, in all types of different cultures time and time again. This is our modern day interpretation of it because we're swimming in all kinds of computers. We're swimming in information and data. We're swimming in terms of computers. So using the using a simulation is the easiest way to make people understand that what they think of as reality isn't necessarily real. You see, but this is what makes me think even more so not only the fact that we're living in a simulation, but that you have people, these technocrats, they're in these upper echelon positions of power who are who are clocking the planet. I've talked about things such as the the Schumann resonance. Uh, we've spoken about things such as the magnetic ley lines that encompass the earth. Uh, and as well as the building the matrix aspect of us all having phones, the world being online, that they're able to use social media as a lifetime human tracking tool. Well, check this out. Now you have scientists that have been able to develop a clairvoyant machine that is capable of predicting the future. This is put up by Ricky Scaparo of End Times Headline. We put this up April 11th. And before I get into this article... I want to say this, because you have people like Elon Musk, because you have people like Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Tim Cook, because you have the technocrats taking over the world. And, 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 and we spoke about this 
uh, with Rob of Truth and Vibration about how uh, uh, Jordy Rose, the creator of D-Wave Computers, how he admits to sending information off into a different dimension and then using that otherworldly otherworldly extra-dimensional energy or information and then manifesting it here when they're when they're running these quantum computer these d waves right in these algorithms these formulas they're essentially taking ones and zeros negative ones and negative zeros negative ones and zeros ones and negative zeros they're taking all kinds of different calculations to figure out what choice can be played out they could be taking negative one and a one they could be taking a one and a negative one. They could be taking a negative zero and a negative one. They could be doing all kinds of different calculations to try to con to, 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 to figure out what is your choice today. What ramifications will that have? As I said before, like the Yi Ching with 64, to, 64 different possible uh, outcomes, this is what they mean by developing a clairvoyant machine capable of predicting the future. What is the outcome? What is the choice? What is the likelihood? Of these types of things going on. You see, Jade Helm 15's little subtitle thing was mastering the human domain. It wasn't until a few years later, after the fact, that we were able to understand that these people were running simulations. That it wasn't it, it, that it wasn't just uh, people conducting civil unrest exercises. That there was also a technological component to it, as well. Let me get into this article. It says the prototype device which was created as part of a joint venture involving researchers from Australia's Griffith University and Singapore's Nanyang Te- Technological University, consists of photonic quote, quantum information processor capable of mapping out all potential future outcomes of a decision process. Mao Gu of Nanyang, who spearheaded the development of quantum algorithm, uh, which underpins the device, said, quote, when we think about the future, we are confronted by a vast array, a vast array of possibilities. These possibilities grow exponentially as we go deeper into the future. For instance, if we have only two possible, two possibilities to choose from each minute, in less than half an hour, there are 14 million possible futures. In less than a day, the number exceeds the number of atoms in the universe. The device constructed by the team works on a much smaller scale, holding just, poss- just holding just 16 possible futures in simultaneous superposition weighed by their possibility of occurrence. However, in the theory, the algorithm which governs them can scale up without upper limit. Lead author Farzad Kafari of Griffith University said, quote, Our approach is to synthesize a quantum superposition of all possible futures for each bias. Quote, By interfering... In, in, interfering these superpositions with each, with each other, we can completely avoid looking at each possible future individually. In fact, many current artificial intelligence algorithms learn by seeing how small changes in their behavior can lead to different future outcomes. So our techniques may enable quantum-enhanced AIs to learn the effect of their actions much more efficiently. Co-author Jane Thompson said that the team had taken inspiration from the late Nobel laureate physicist Richard Feynman. She said, quote, when Feynman studied, started studying quantum physics, he realized that when a particle travels from point A to point B, it does not necessarily follow a, singular, a single path. Instead, it simultaneously traverses all possible paths connecting the points. Our work extends this phenomenon, and it harnesses it 
for modeling statistical futures. Modeling statistical futures. Modeling statistical futures. That is some crazy, crazy stuff to me. And I haven't gotten around to it, but since we're here uh, talking about the idea of modeling uh, statistical futures, psychedelic precognition, I've wanted to do a, a comparison of this of people who were actually able to have these precog abilities uh, that have these, these, these clairvoyant abilities who can see into the actual futures either on psychedelics or just accessing it naturally and then correlating it to what the AI uh, is actually predicting because that's where we're at now. That's where we're at. So when we're talking about collapsing timelines, when we're talking about alternate universes, when we're talking about all the crazy potentialities, multiple dimensions and all these things simultaneously existing, quantum physics, you now have them creating computers to monitor those statistical futures. That's what I mean by collapsing the timelines, a point of convergence to where there are all kinds of different possibilities, all kinds of different futures, all kinds of different choices. We could be in a whole different space. You see it all the time. Those memes that pop up, they say, oh, you could be in a whole different space in like six months. Yeah, they're right. You just got to fix your choices. You've got to fix your choices. What would you do if you had a machine that could show you 16 possible outcomes, maybe not even the full 64? You see? I think that's crazy because 16 does eventually come up to the 64, but that's another thing for another day because these people are trying to control the future. They can already, they already have the algorithms. They have the insights and the analytics to see uh, your, 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 your projected trajectory rate as far as success with your current life path and the current choices and the things that are, that are at your disposal. Now they want to see what happens with it, with, with that at in depth. <laughs> like that's the crazy thing. Like they want to see, like right now they can see how, they can see how, how long it'll take me to get to X amount of followers, right? Now they want to actually get inside of the actual trajectory rate and see what all choices can get me to X amount of followers. I hope that makes sense because essentially what we're talking about is them literally controlling the future. They're already talking about things such as pre-crime, real-time crime tracking, uh, citizen threat ranking, social credit scores, and things of this nature. This article came out to this week about how uh, 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 the the creator of The Walking Dead has worked on this thing called uh, The Feed. Now, before I read information about The Feed, because I think you can all understand where that's coming from or where that's going to go, I want to read this article uh, from your newswire that talks about how a, how scientists are predicting this matrix-style matrix style Internet of Thoughts uh, within a few years. And this is the ability of people being able to share information in this, this hive mind reality, you see. So you already have them trying to control reality today so that they can project us into this future where, where they already have control of everything. That's why the technocrats are so dangerous because they're, they're building the infrastructure for the matrix. And I have three separate articles that showed up on the same day, or two articles that showed up on the same day, one that showed up a few days before, uh, that, that they talk about human brain cloud interfacing and how bot-enabled interface between human brains and cloud storage is likely within decades. But the first one that I'm going to read to you guys from is from your Newswire. We put this up April 16th. It's by Sean Adotalabi. It says, scientists predict matrix-style Internet of Thoughts within years. 
A matrix-style connection between human brains and the Internet could become a reality within decades, according to a new research by neuroscientists and nano, nanorobotics researchers. The end goal of such technology would be humans downloading information to their brains, enhancing not only their physical capabilities and intelligence, but could also, quote, revolutionize democracy, enhance empathy, and ultimately unite culturally diverse groups into a truly global society. RT.com reports, according to the team's estimation, existing supercomputers already have the processing speed and power to handle the volume of data to support the brain cloud interface, and they're, and they're improving it all the time. The technological bottleneck exists, for now at least, in the development of the brain interface. That would be where breakthroughs in nanorobotics, or more specifically, neural nanorobotics, would come in. Quote, these devices would navigate the human vascular, vasculature, vasculature, yeah, the human vasculature, uh, cross the blood-brain barrier, and precisely auto-position themselves among and even within brain cells, says senior author and nanotechnology researcher Robert Freitas Jr. from the Institute for Molecular Manufacturing in California. They would then wirelessly transmit encoded information to and from a cloud-based supercomputer network for real-time brain state monitoring and data extraction. The team also points to recent advances such as the 2018 BrainNet, which, also, which allowed three human players to interact with each other and play a video game with only their thoughts. We actually reported on that. Uh, I, I think uh, we, we, we called it BrainNet, the hive mind. Uh, but... That, that, that may be on our audio podcast feed. Go check it out. Uh, continuing on, though somewhat primitive in relation to their lofty predictions, the researchers feel that such advances could lead to, quote, the future creation of super brains that can harness the thoughts and thinking power of any number of humans and machines in real time. So think about that. Clairvoyant machines being able to harness the brain power. And I've said this before. The only way that works is they have to dumb us down. Like they, they'll, they'll, virtue signalers will say, "Oh, check your brain privilege. You're too smart for everybody else. So you gotta just, you gotta be dumb like everybody else. Dumb it down. Dumb it down. Heaven forbid you actually think for yourself. Dumb it down. And this is why you see people taking the chip, getting on stage, saying, "Hey, this is great. This is why you have place, uh, uh, companies like Three Square Market." having injection parties where they're saying this is great. Uh, people in trains or uh, people in, uh, in Sweden getting implants in, their, in, their, in, their, in their, their hands so they have easy accessibility to trains. All of what this is is the mark of the beast. Let's just keep it real. This is the mark of the beast. This is the new world order. This is so that they can track you, so that you can buy and sell, so they can see where, see where their serfs are, see where their sheep are, in this thing they're creating. But right here, look at this. This is by, this is by uh, Flatra Gibbons of Technocracy News. We put this up April 12th. It says, The Walking Dead creator turns to the dystopian nightmare of The Feed. And it says, While science fiction is typically futuristic, The Feed is based on currently developing technology designed to use brain-implanted chips to interface with the Internet. Some, already, some are already comparing The Feed to 1984 and Brave New World. Channing Powell, the creator of the hit, ter hit horror television series The Walking Dead, is not someone who is easily spooked. But Powell is scared, terrified actually, of what big tech might be up to. And critics are, were too, too after, and critics were too after watching her spine-chilling new series, The Feed, premiere in Cannes this week. 
the Amazon show, is set in the near future where we can share emotions, thoughts, and what we see with our eyes on a social network embedded in our brains. If that sounds as far-fetched as the post-apocalyptic zombies of The Walking Dead, Powell has news for you. Elon Musk and Facebook are already trying to develop technology portrayed in the show. She's right. Or they're right. Uh, Elon Musk is working on the neural lace. Go look this up. It's called the neural link. It's, it's, it's essentially that thing that Neo jacks into his head so he can learn jiu-jitsu. Continuing on, it says the Tesla boss and sometime Twitter warrior, quote, is developing a neural lace computer that covers the entire brain that you would control with thought, Powell said. Quote, Facebook has been working on something similar in, in some place called Building 8, where it has all of its secret projects. Both are very quiet about what precisely they are doing, said Powell. Chips controlled by thought. Yeah, he's right. And I, and I speak about this all the time. The retired head. No, that's not. Uh, it's the retired. Uh, yeah, yeah, the retired head of, the, of DARPA. Uh, Regina Duke, and she's working for Facebook's Building 8. She's She has thought-to-text uh, thought translation capabilities. They're trying to do this. They want to know what's going on in your brain. So when we're talking about uh, uh, are we living in a simulation, to a degree, yes. But now you see them trying to extract that essence of that simulation that we are in. They're trying to extract your soul and putting it into something else. Like, your, as I said before, your body is manifested and made for here, Whatever your body is transmitting into, whatever your or whatever your soul is transmitting into, they want to extract some of even the purest part of that from you. They want to they want to extract the purest part from you, distill you from you, so that you put yourself willingly inside this matrix. That's the even crazier part about all of this. But let me read this so we can start wrapping things up for you guys. I don't think we're gonna get. I'm, I don't think we're gonna have time to listen to get into Andrew Yang's uh, Freedom Dividends. We might get into that next week. Uh, but essentially what it is is him saying that we want to we give people the ability uh, to pursue their passions. The machines, the machines and automation is going to take over. How are you going to combat that? His idea is, that's great. I'm glad you asked that question. Let's just give people free money because there's no way that we're going to be able to stop automation. It's going gonna, it's gonna to destroy the economy. And until we actually come up with something new, we just have to give people free money. This is still more of that authoritarian reach of the government. It sounds like a good idea, freedom dividends, but think about the damage things like uh, 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 welfare have done. Think about all of this stuff, food stamps. It, it creates us, it, it turns us into serfs. It turns us into slaves. They say the idea behind that is to give people money so that they have the incentive to go out and go find a job when you know it'll do the exact opposite. They won't bite the hand that feeds them. And, and, and to come full circle as to what I was talking about at the start of the show, all these people that are coming in from this third world countries, where do you think, what do you think they're going to do? They're not going to bite the hand that feeds them either. They're going to take the UBI, the freedom dividends, and they're going to live there. Now, while we're talking about all this high tech, spiritual science, all this other stuff that's going on, that's the political aspect of that. So I don't think we're going to have time to go into that, even though I did it right there. But to, to, to finish up over here about the feed and how they want to control the population, let me get back into this article. It says, however, quote, people at MIT have already created something that you can attach to your ear that is controlled by thought. It can tell you the time and how much groceries you are, how much are groceries when you walk through the aisles of the supermarket. She added, quote, the feed, which will screen later this year, is based on Nick Clark Windows 2018 novel of the same name. Told from inside the fabulously wealthy family who invented the feed and now effectively control the world, the story doesn't end well. Given what we have learned about the harvesting of 
and misuse of personal data from the Cambridge Analytical scandal and how Google can seem to predict our needs before we search for it on our, on our smartphones, that should not be too surprising. We should not let people have this much unfettered access to your individuality. That's dangerous, but that's where we're going. When you have Amazon employees listening in via Alexa, who else is listening in? You have hackers selling your information online. There's no way that we should be doing this. This is what I mean by the Internet of Thoughts. Are we going to, like, we, we're having a thought, of, we're having a discussion these days about censorship, the First Amendment, free speech, and so much more. Are we going to have to have rights so that you can control your brain, so that your thoughts can be your own, so that you can still be your own individual, and so that you don't blindly go into this matrix? This is the world that we're moving into, and this is why I tell you guys all the time, be aware. It may sound like a good idea, but what happens if you get trapped inside that matrix, unable to will yourself out? You see, that movie uh, by Steven Spielberg, Ready Player One, was so instrumental in telling you everything that they have planned. This is the world that, that, that we're creating. This is the world that they're destroying. This is the world that we find ourselves living in. This is 2019, and this is Lawlessness on the Loose, Medical Tyranny, and the Internet of Thoughts. You know, wrapping up that episode made me start thinking about that uh, that verse in the Bible where they say they will seek after death, but death will not come for them. What happens whenever we start talking about things such as synthetic immortality, uh, the technocrats uh, doing all kinds of weird things as far as our existence, you know, getting into simulation theory, that's one thing. Talking about life after death, life after consciousness death, these are all of the different things that we need to think about and more. We are facing a we are facing a a, a, a multi-dimensional assault. I think everybody can see that. Uh, I'm going to put the link for iPad Goat too in the link in the description bar below, so you guys can go check that out because that is a very eye-opening, an Illuminati eye-opening video. I hope you guys pay attention to it. Uh, like I said before, we're going to be assuming a leadership role with On the Wake Up Radio as well as launching our Liberation Legion service, probably sometime next month. Uh, as you can tell, this has been a very, very busy month for us. Also, make sure you check out the in-studio episode that we did with Brad Burris of Crush the Opposition. We have a lot of stuff lined up for you guys, clearly. And we're only going to do more. Thanks to your guys' continued support, continued contributions, your love, and more. I want to say thank you guys for your support. Thank you for your thoughts. Thank you for your prayers and everything else. However, that's all I really have for you guys. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, out. <laughs>